The following podcast is presented to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Panel Discussion Podcast, your home for comic book talk right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, alongside, as always, Greg Knowlton. And, yes, we are back another week for more comic book talk. We had another fan vote poll, and Greg won this week. Yeah, it did. You know, and uh, one thing I do got to say, I know we've only done two of these episodes, and we're going to continue to do it more more so. I think the thing I'm most happy about is how close the polls have been. Yeah, really. It's been within 1% yep. for everything, So for the last two. I know the first one we did Havoc and Blue Beetle, and that one got so many votes, it actually did like a point yeah that's like i never i haven't seen that in a long time so that was pretty neat to see but this one yeah it was within like one percent two percent the whole time and what we had we had greg chose uh suicide squad i honored uh gallo's last pick with uh howard the duck and suicide squad won so i'm looking forward to talking about the books and the characters today it was a it was a learning experience for me because I've heard of the Suicide, you know, Suicide Squad. Obviously, Greg, you're more—I mean, you're well-rounded, but you're more of the DC guy. Yeah, for sure. um, my lone experience was that movie, and it did not leave oh, no. a good uh, impression. Getting a little loud for you. Sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it was—it uh, wasn't a very good first impression. Good, cool concept, yep. but the movie came off like. Guardians, like DC's version of Guardians, with some more characters yeah, and less character keep development, as true to the comics um, as it could have. It had its like it literally had its moment with with Slipknot like getting killed off like right away, which was awesome. But <laughs> see, I was like, I was like, this guy looks pretty cool. I want to see this, and then <sighs> not much screen time later, right into the first mission, he goes to take off, and boom, yeah. Because he, he actually looked like a really cool character. but Yeah, my favorite character didn't get enough screen time. But it was still... Who was your favorite? Boomerang. It's Boomerang? Oh, yeah. I did take a new, appreci- new appreciation to Captain Boomerang uh, quite a bit. I don't remember who the actor's name was. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney, that's right. He was hilarious. He's he, great. He's, he did a really good job with that role. And, yeah, he, he made the best of it. Uh, he, was one of the, he was one of the highlights for me. Obviously, it was the... You know, Will Smith and uh, Harley Quinn show. Harley Quinn show. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Um, and it may be. Which, which is true to the 2011 comic books. Right. But. I don't know, it didn't help my case for Harley Quinn anymore. I, I feel like she's just. She's, she's, she has her moments, but like just uber, uber annoying. Character people like you go to Halloween parties the last like five years and there's at least five five people dressed up oh yeah as Harley Quinn and I'm just like oh I'm over this I'm over this yeah she's that character unfortunately she's, she's got her she, great moments but she's that like you know what the, she I compare her to Deadpool yeah on the Marvel side of things um. 100%. Just uber popular. I don't know if everybody's a true fan, but everybody knows of them because mm-hmm. – and they're just everywhere. Yep. So that's the way I view Harley Quinn. Um, but other than that, I, I really liked the, the roster. I actually liked the way Killer Croc was in that movie. He was pretty cool. Um, 
I like him in the comic books better because he's like eight foot tall and he could have been bigger. Terrifying. Yeah, he was. Uh, who else was there? I mean, yeah, Will Smith's character was, was done really well. Diablo was done pretty well. Diablo was done well. I liked him. Um, Katana. Yep, she was pretty cool. Uh, she could use some more, some, a little bit she more. She was a weird choice because she's not like a traditional Suicide Squad member. So right, that was kind of weird. Um, and I mean, there was there was obviously several characters. I really liked Rick Flag. Yep, his portrayal. Um, you know, the the actor that actor did did a really good job bringing him to life, and that was one of the you know the highlights for me of that movie. Was Rick Flag? I gained a new appreciation for him, and I also did in one of these comic books and I read and too. Enchantress as well. Enchantress it? was really cool. I did oh. like Enchantress, and it looks like with two, like they'll get a much different roster. You know, Polka Dot Man, uh, Idris Elba now will no longer be Deadshot. The rumor is he's gonna either be Deathstroke, which I, would bum me out because Joe Manganiello is a really good uh, fit for Deathstroke. But the other rumor is he's gonna be Bronze Tiger, which I'm all about. Oh, I like, I like that a lot. Um. And then we'll have like Ratcatcher and a couple other like odd characters. Uh, John Cena is rumored to be playing. I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> it's gonna drive me nuts that the name just escaped me. He's rumored to be playing a character as well as King Shark's gonna be possibly included this in this movie in place of Killer Croc. Okay. So um, seems pretty cool. Like I'm excited to see where it all goes. And he it seems like a gun, which. Like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy, I hope this doesn't feel even more like Guardians of the Galaxy. It just might. DC. Um, but it looks like Gunn is going a little more obscure with his Suicide Squad choices, but also going like... Which is good, though. The, I mean, that it's yeah. helps expand the knowledge of you know these, these some of these characters who... Yeah. Not, they aren't mainstream people at all. Exactly. Same as the Guardians. I mean, the mainstream Guardians... The real mainstream Guardian character before... You know, the movie came out was really rocket. I mean, mm-hmm. Drax and Gamora were, were pre- prevalent, and and some of the other ones, but nobody is more as rocket. They that popularized them. If James Gunn does this with those some of those characters that you mentioned that I've never heard of, bam, you get comic book miniseries. DC can start putting out series and make character make make people invested in these characters. Yeah, and it's he's seems like he's not just picking from one era. Like the first one was like. This new 52 era of Suicide Squad. We're going to ma- basically take mostly this cast. Yeah. Where this feels like he's going through the roster and picking out like different characters that have been part of this roster at some point and doing that. Because that's the, the beauty of Suicide Squad is it's constantly changing. There's some characters that um, are like prominent faces. You yeah. Know, there's like four or five that constantly are going to be somewhere in leadership. But – it switches up a lot, and that's what makes Suicide Squad fun is you get all these different dynamics. You you always have an idea. Now there's another Suicide Squad because um, it's always been Task Force X. So now there's also Task Force XL, which is like heavy hitters. Right. So they're like a lot more of the bigger guys, like your Parasites, your Killer Crocs, your King Sharks, to handle like the really big threats, like high-level, like Superman-level threats, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Where – in the past, it's been just more like smaller, like like more like anti-hero, like Punisher espionage style threats. Yes. So it's kind of cool that they have these two teams as well. And, and you know, I did some more digging up and throughout my reading. I, I really like this concept. And I don't – well, I mean Marvel may have a t- 
attempted to, I'm not going to say rip it off, but modify it and put another own twist on it with like the Thunderbolts. Yes. But um, the fact that I, I really like how long this has been around, um, this idea, and it's still going strong today, the idea of a superhero, you know, well, government agency issuing a super-powered, relatively super-powered people and, and having them do do good uh, for the most part. I think it's a really cool concept. And you see you see a lot of these characters who are, who are very big villains, like, I mean, Harley Quinn. She's, mm-hmm. you know, attached to the hip to the Joker, who's Batman's biggest nemesis. You, know, you got Killer Croc uh, and Boomerang. And, and literally just about everybody in there is, you know, a, a major villain, a relatively major villain for uh, one of the DC main heroes. But you get to put, like, a different side to him, too. You know what I mean? Like, you get to see, like, a soft side to it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Killer Croc, I mean, the dude's just a scary... In the comic book, he's terrifying, um, you know, when he's on the villain side of things. But you put him on this, you know, the Suicide Squad, you get to kind of learn a little bit about the character and it almost humanizes them a little bit too. Yeah, you get to you get to see that well with him, like Croc was a human that got changed. Like, yeah. You know, he's similar to the lizard in that way, but he's this like monster. So it's cool to see him in an area where he's not a villain. You get to understand more where he's coming from as this like creature that's been transformed. Same thing with King Shark, like very similar style. Right. So it's kinda cool to get these like other this insight into these characters and for Harley Quinn in 2011 suicide squad was her coming out party. It was like her way of, of making her a character that can be separate from the Joker yes. and really turning her into an anti-hero and pulling her away from the strictly villain side of things. Cause to be honest, like people started rooting for her and they really started to pull her away from being a villain. So it was kind of a, a cool little thing for her. And a lot of these characters now have been considered more anti-heroes because of this, like Deadshot, instead of villains. And in a lot of different takes, um, they're often working with heroes more often. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, I did, I did see that in one of my books. Um, I want to read through some of the roster members. Um, I have the Wikipedia page up. And actually, uh, this is kind of new to myself, and I think Greg, too, that the Suicide Squad actually started back in 1959. And there was an early interpretation of it. And there's only four characters for it. They debuted in The Brave and the Bold, number 25. But Colonel Rick Flagg Jr., Jess Bright, Dr. Hugh Evans, and Karen Grace were all part of the Silver Age Suicide Squad. And I'm just going to read, actually, the this original in, uh, incarnation of the Suicide Squad from 1987 to 92. Um, and the roster is very impressive it's it's really neat and obviously you know they all come and go uh amanda waller who's you know a frequent uh she's just important suicide squad storyline i think is rick flag yep. is uh chemo deadshot rick flag bronze tiger enchantress captain boomerang blockbuster briscoe karen grace mind boggler nemesis nightshade plastique black orchid chronos Penguin, Killer Frost, Velocity, Multiplex, Slipknot, Parasite, Manhunter slash Privateer, uh, Duchess, Speedy, Vixen, Mr. 104, Thinker, Weasel, Psy, Javelin, Captain Cold, Shade, The Changing Man, Oracle, Count Vertigo, Dr. Light, Julie, uh, Shrike, Punch, uh, Raven, that's definitely not Raven, it's Ravon, 
<laughs> Lady, Lady Liberty, Silent Majority, Major Victory, uh, Poison Ivy, Adam Thinker, Shrek. Not to be confused with, you know, the it's Ogre Shrek. Now. Huh? It's his swamp now. <laughs> Get out of my swamp. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to try. Maybe I'll try. Stahl Neuvolk. Uh, Black Adam, Catalyst, Enforcer, Firehawk, Mazer, Karma, Outlaw, Silver Swan, Sportsmaster, Sportsmaster, and the Writer. Ooh. So, so I mean, there really isn't. Peacemaker was the the character I was trying to figure out. That's going to be part of Suicide Squad too. Oh, he was the other one. Okay, okay, very good. I see. Like I never heard of most of these characters. And there's even more when you when you start to get the new ones with Yo Yo, yeah, and Voltaic, and it actually breaks down on this Wikipedia page. I'm not going to go through it myself, but if the listeners you want to take a shot at it, that has interim Suicide Squads, um, Volume Two Suicide Squad from 2001 to 2002. Um, some more interim Suicide Squads from 2002 to 2008. Uh, volume 3 from 07 to 08. Uh, the interims from 08 to 011. Uh, volume 4 from 11 to 14. And the new Suicide Squad from 2014 to 2016. So it's been it's been around for a while. And there's, I mean, there's just tons and tons of iterations of these teams. But... Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really glad Greg chose it. I'm, I'm actually glad it won because uh, it, it helps open up my horizons more, which is what I like to do with this show. Um, Greg, since your older book has is the uh, earliest version, one of the earlier versions, uh, do you want to start off? Yeah. All right. Very good. I have this crazy list. I'm looking at of like all the characters that were killed and how they were killed in Suicide Squad, and it's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like no one was safe. All right. I will start off. Do, do, do. I did. So I did the first issue of 1987 um, Suicide Squad. And it is pretty cool lineup. I'll start with a – it starts off like right away they're at an airport. Air Force One is landing with the president. And this group just attacks like of superhumans. They can um, make like – portals through the walls there's a a genie guy that comes out who literally just comes out of like he looks like so he's an electronic genie he's like a digitized genie that he comes out of like a little computer uh and starts attacking there's guys shooting lasers out of their hands and like um these bad guys assassinate a governor i believe and then like take down air force one the guy forms a scimitar in his hands and takes him down. Hmm. Um, and it cuts right over to Bell Rev, which Bell Rev is like usually where Task Force X is stationed out of. When when you think Suicide Squad, Task Force X, Bell Rev is where they hold all these people. It's almost like it's similar to like an Arkham. Right. But it's for the, the top. So all the villains, like all the different rogues galleries are held here. Um, and Vicky Val is actually there. She's getting escorted through and um, – the doctor that's with Vicky Vale gets distracted by Amanda Waller and you get introduced to this suicide squad team, which is made up of <clears throat> mind boggler, uh, captain boomerang, dead shot, bronze tiger, the enchantress. Who else do we have here? We have, uh, 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 uh plastique. Who's a pretty cool one actually. Uh, and then Rick Flag, um, and eventually 
Karen Grace as well. And they are told about this team that they're going to take down that you were introduced in the beginning, which I don't know if this name would fly now, but they're the Jihad. So they're all Iraqi, like super-powered people. Right. Um, and it's Jin, the digitized man, which is the the magical – or the electronic genie. Rustam, Manacore, Jakuli, Kamara, and Ravon, who – just listed off as eventually being part of it. Um, and then Korak's president, where um, Kuraki, like the Kuraki people are a big part of DC. Like that's their later when they started to move away from like using a lot of the Middle East, like the Korak like was replaced as like their, their Middle Eastern nation. Right. Um, and you, the team all gets put together. Boomerang's constantly hitting on the females in the, in the group. And Mindboggler actually like knocks it, like uses his brain to like uh, or her her powers like create all of the other rogues galleries of the Flash, including the Flash, like laughing at him, calling him a loser. <laughs> <laughs> and he tries to like take a swipe at her, and Bronze Tiger stops him. And you have uh, Rick Flag and Karen being reunited. And basically, then they they all get on the plane. They kind of argue and go, hopefully this goes well, and it ends there. Hmm. Um, it's a pretty cool book, and especially like knowing the the next one. If I would have done the next one, is where the action starts to pick up. This is really just the setup, but it's a lot of fun. It actually is still like a good book because you're really getting insight. Like, yeah, it's a good introductory book. You, I mean, you have to that being like the first one of the modern incarnation of yeah. Suicide Squad. There is a lot of explaining to do, especially if you're a reader picking this up and you're seeing a bunch of villains. What's the who's on the cover? Is it all the? Is- it's all the villains, and like some of them are even like in masks, like where Bronze Tiger isn't always in his mask, and like same thing. Like it, it's almost hard to pick out who's who right off the cover. Right, and that's a very attractive cover, though. It but, is, a but cool still, cover. if if I'm like deep in DC lore, and I see that back in what nineteen well nineteen eighty seven, uh, I'd be like, why? Are these guys the focal point? Why? Why is this team the focal point? What is the Suicide it's Squad? A great start, though, because the the opening line is: "These eight people will put their lives on the line for our country. One of them won't be coming home." And it's a swerve because you don't find out in the first issue who who doesn't come home. Right. It takes an issue or two. They, that's that eighties nineties stuff. They used to Which do is that. Great. It yeah. gets you to buy another book because you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. So um, good. But yeah, I really liked it. I will start off. Art is it's very like a vibrant eighties. Like this is still very eighties, but it, I, it's really good. Like I'm not used to seeing it so colorful and and um, just it's all over the place. The action looks great, and it, it's just a really gorgeous book. Um, I'm gonna give the art a ten. Actually, I really like the art. Okay, very good. Action. I'm gonna give a six. Uh, the first like. Seven pages are all the jihad attacking, and then it's just pretty dialogue-heavy from there. Um, but it is still cool action to start it, and a great way to like start off a book and draw you in right with that, like that those villains attacking and setting up. Like this is who these two teams, like the, what these two teams are going to be kind of facing. Right, right. Um, I always do the story. <laughs> yep, story. Story. It, it, this is a very unique story for the time. Um, it's a pretty cool story, and it, it does set up a lot right away. Um, I'm going to give this story a seven as well. Or, well, I think I give the other thing a six. But um, dialogue, yeah. you get to inter- – that, this is its strong suit. Um, 
it's very good at giving each character a separate personality, even just the, the short amount of pages they have. The dialogue is a huge part of these books because it's an ensemble. It's because it's so many characters. Um, dialogue carries these so heavy, as well as like the costumes. Like They're all just so differently colored and, and brought out. Um, I'm going to give the dialogue an 8. Okay. And rereadability, also going to give an 8. Um, I love the Suicide Squad. Um, I tend to, right now especially, lean really heavy into anti-hero stuff. Yeah. Um, right now, like I'm reading Red Hood and the Outlaws. It's one of my favorite DC comics. For a reason, their anti-heroes are just... And some people might skewer me for this, but I think they're more compelling than some of the Marvel anti-heroes. Okay. Um, because they ride the line so strongly. And sometimes they're, they're more heroes. Like they're like Deadshot is a lot of, a lot of times about his daughter. Um, Enchantress is about getting her separated from this other thing. So they're not necessarily evil or good. They're just trying to get out of the world that they're in or live in the world they're in. And I like DC's heroes. all like, Antiheroes a lot better. They're not like always about vengeance or anything like that. Right. There's a little bit more depth to them. I yeah. can see. I can definitely see that. All right. Thirty nine out of fifty for Suicide Squad Volume One Number One, nineteen eighty seven. All right. I'm going to mine. I'm actually uh, my book probably comes out roughly a year or so later. Uh, it's Suicide Squad issue number thirteen from that nineteen eighty seven run. Um, I do gotta say this. Uh, was it Ostrander? Mm-hmm. The he played a big part in Suicide Squad's popularity. He was really the the guy in that early run, um, you know, behind all of this. Um, but this one's really cool. Uh, this one is Justice League versus Suicide Squad, which I was looking up. Uh, well, that's an early Justice League Suicide Squad. That one, Justice League International. Oh, because they, they did just did that again in 2016. They did, oh, did Justice they? League versus Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay, this one's a pretty cool team. I'm actually going to read off the teams right now. I have it. Where'd it go? Okay, so the Suicide Squad's um, members for this issue: Amanda Waller, um, as usual; Bronze Tiger, Boomerang, Deadshot, Duchess, Javelin, Nemesis, Nightshade, Rick Flag, and Vixen. Uh, Justice League International's team, Batman, Black Canary, Canary, uh, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Captain Adam, Gar- Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, Maxwell Lord, Martian Manhunter, Mr. Miracle, and Rocket Red, number seven. Um, so that is the, those are the teams. And it starts off, the Suicide Squad is, well, they're actually both, both of these teams are going to um, rescue Nemesis, who is, um, He's trapped in a Russian prison, and they actually come to they they bump into each other, um, and a huge like it's a it's a pretty cool fight scene um, that you know them going back and forth and and um, you know just you get, you really get to see every character kind of shine a little bit, and at for the for the most part at first you know the the Justice League kind of, they they come out on top they're kind of whoop you know beating on the guys. Um, there's a really cool line that, that about Batman. Uh, it's Batman and Deadshot. 
Uh, Deadshot's about to shoot him, and Batman goes, ah, Deadshot, going to pull your shots again? If so, don't waste my time. And then Batman Batman goes off to fight somebody else, and Deadshot <laughs> just goes, go to hell. Just, I mean, that's that brashness of, of Batman that we really, really see today. Um, there's a couple other things, you know, just, I was telling Greg before the show, I love Captain Boomerang's whole look. He looks like Ivan Ooze when he was selling, selling the Ooze stuff, you know, at the, the Power the, the very first Power Rangers movie. Um, you got the, the costume, like his, 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 his top is pretty cool. Um, and then we get into, this is one of my favorite parts. Um, it's Rick Flagg and Batman going blow for blow. And this is where I really gained a lot of respect for for Rick Flag because a lot of you don't see it often. A lot, a lot of like normal base level heroes, especially one of like you know Rick Flag, he's not Captain Boomerang. He's not you know these guys that have power have powers. Yes, he's he's a trained military guy who has hand to hand combat knowledge, but to actually watch him. Go back and forth, blow to, blow for blow with Batman was probably one of the coolest exchanges that I've ever seen, and the team, both Suicide Squad and Justice League, actually come to a truce. Um, but eventually, they, you know, they, they they go and look, and Rick Flag and Batman are just going back and forth, and, and Flag's getting shots in, um, and they actually both teams have to break them up. Um, they're like, hey, we call the truce, let's let's stop it, let's stop it, and Rick Flag actually ends up passing out. Um, so the boomerang and one other guy, I can't, I don't know who that is. They, they teleport away and get him to, for some medical treatment. But, um, Batman was, he was upset. He was upset that they called the truce and let's see, he, he yells. This is actually kind of one of my favorite lines. Uh, this league is a joke. I'm tired of babysitting morons. I quit. And Batman just kind of disappears after that. And it closes out with Captain Boomerang talking about the big fight and Rick Flagg getting some some medical attention. So this was really cool. I, I looked at some other older titles that I wasn't I, I, I skimmed through them and I wasn't very fond of it. But the second I seen Justice League and Suicide Squad in the same book, uh, I was like, I got to read this. And it was it was as awesome as I thought. It, I mean, just alone, just reading. Through Rick Flag going, you know, literally, exchange, you know, punch for punch, with Batman was one of the coolest things, and that's like this that that helps me view him as more of a as the hero that that he kind of wants to be portrayed. He's technically the he's the he's like the in action leader of them. It's always going to be that Amanda Waller, but uh, to see Rick Flag kind of just step up and not back down from Batman was really cool. Uh, I'm going to go with the, we'll start with the review. I'm going to go artwork. Artwork is, it's pretty neat. The cover is, the cover's a little vanilla, but it features a, you know, multitude of characters. Um, it's pretty cool 80s, and I'm sure it's the same, it's about the same as, as Greg's. And um, I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. Um, Action. Oh, man. Action is an easy 10 for me. Easy 10 uh, when reading through it. And we do, we've we been just summarizing these books lately. You know, I invite the listeners, just go and find these books and look through them. They're so good. It's it's wor- it's actually worth us not telling everything verbatim. 
Um, this action sequence was really, really cool uh, between between Flag and Batman. Uh, story, the story was kind of neat. It didn't really, nothing really got, res- oh, I'm not going to say it didn't get resolved. Um, they had the truce with, you know, the Justice League, and they did rescue, what's his name, but I don't know really what, you know, what the repercussions of all this were. I The story, I'm going to give a seven. Um, dialogue, phenomenal. The dialogue was really good. I'm going to give it a, a nine. And then rereadability, when I pick this book up again, yeah, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. I'm going to give that an eight. I honestly, this is probably my favorite book of the day. Uh, 43 out of 50 for Suicide Squad number 13. Dang. So, yeah, I loved it. Um, all right, Greg, book number two. I did uh, Suicide Squad 2011 number two. So this is the new 52 run. Um it starts to change things up a little bit. It starts with the team, the current team getting dropped in a, into a football stadium, uh, and they are there to find a woman named Kaylee Burns, and she has a package. This team is Deadshot and Harley Quinn, um, Diablo, King Shark, and then Black Spider, who I didn't know a ton about before I did the, the read this the first time. Okay. Um, and Voltaic. They immediately are just going through um, through this stadium, and it, it's an interesting like dynamic because you've got your criminals, but like Diablo is trying to like redeem himself, and Black Spider is kind of more like a Punisher style, like a or a Batman. He's very much like a like a vigilante antihero. Um, so you've got the guys who are in their faces, like Deadshot has his gun right in like a civilian's face and Diablo is calming him down and Black Spider's pulling King Shark off who wants to like eat everything. Uh, and then all of a sudden it just starts going nuts. Like this techno virus breaks loose and these people are like these like robotic zombies, like, like rather than just turning into zombies, they just like, uh, what is it? Like cords and like wires start like growing inside of them and turning them into zombies. Hmm. Um, and the Suicide Squad just goes to work in action, and they're 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 kind of like butting heads a little bit. Like Voltaic just immediately starts like frying people with his electric powers, and Black Spider's like, you can't just go around killing whoever you want to kill. And the Suicide Squad does have like military backup, um, but they just start killing everything that moves. Um, and it is just action sequence after action sequence, and they find the package. And what it is, they didn't expect. Um, but they extract the package from Kaylee Burns in a very weird fashion. And then one of the characters actually, um, Deadshot, I'll just say, because I won't tell you who, kills them and leaves them as a patsy. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. So the the whole thing can be pinned on them. Uh, and that's where it ends. Pretty quick book, but a lot happens real fast. Um, it's a cool book. Art-wise, though, the art isn't my cup of tea. It's a little weird. I, I'm actually not crazy about the art because it, it bounces between this, like, super realistic look to, like, the super cartoony look, look like, panel for panel. Right. I'm actually going to move the art of five. Okay. crazy about the art. Action, however, is awesome. Um, there's a ton. It's really cool seeing all the different, like the people's different, unique 
like styles in the action, like Harley Quinn just with her mallet, uh, Voltaic using his lightning powers where Diablo's got the fire and um, Deadshot just going nuts with the guns and King Shark just throwing people around and then Black Black Spider using martial arts. It's like all very distinct styles. I'm going to give the action an eight. Okay. Uh, story, it's weird. It's pretty good though. It, it definitely picks up. I'm going to give the story a six. Um, there's not a ton driving here. But what the package turns out to be is really, like, caught me off guard when I read this the first time. Um, and it's pretty graphic, like, everything that's going on. So I'm going to give that a six. Dialogue, again, same as the last Suicide Squad book. It just drives those personalities and really gets you to know these different characters um, and sets them apart in another way, similar to, you know, you, you've got your their fighting styles and then you've got their how they talk and what they say and what they do. Uh, as well as Deadshot kind of narrating a lot of it. Somebody of the dialogue an 8. Okay. And then rereadability, I'll also give an 8 because I actually read the whole first volume of this storyline. So I actually think I read the first two or three volumes of the storyline before. Um, so yeah, I'll give that an 8 because it's really good. All right. 35 out of 50 for that issue. All right. On to our last book here. New Suicide Squad number one, also part of the New 52, came out in September of 2014, and the run went to September of 2016. Uh, where's my book? All right, so it starts off, uh, it's just this different team. Um, looks like Deadshot. I'm not exactly sure who everyone is. Deadshot, Harley Quinn, um you know, it's actually Black Mantis in here. It's really cool. And uh, she calls herself the daughter of Joker. I don't know if she has a name. She, at least it wasn't given in this book. Like I said, I'm not very um, up to speed on a lot of these characters. But um, it shows them that they're in Russia. It, it, apparently it's a Russian. Like it's, It seems like they're going against Russians quite a bit. Uh, but back, back in Washington, D.C., there's a gentleman by the name of Mr. Sage, and he's actually taking over the Suicide Squad program uh, with Amanda Waller uh, assisting him, but not in not in charge. She's just in total, like, I'm going to try and sabotage this mode. Um, but he actually added Black Manta and um, Joker's daughter into the fold because he's like, oh, the team just needs a, you know, a fresh upgrade. Um, there's a little... There's a little encounter with Harley Quinn and Joker's daughter about, you know, her, his daughter wearing his face and she gets upset about it. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of back and forth. They're actually going to invade, looks like some kind of government building. They, they come up with a strategy, um, but it's a lot of flashing back and forth to Mr. Sage and Amanda Waller, um, you know, Mr. Sadie's just like, you know, just go, go, go. And, you know, let's just do this. And Amanda Waller's like, no, we have to think of the repercussions and, and all this and that. But it starts, you know, once the action gets going, it's actually a really cool, uh, it's a really cool sequence. Harley Quinn actually base, uh, hits a grenade through the front doors of this government government building with a baseball bat and blows up and the whole team invades and they're just murdering people uh, left and right. And it's, uh, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of that. And 
yeah, just a lot of back and forth. Just a lot of back and forth. And then at the very end of this assault on the government building, um, there's these giant Russian machines. I'm not super familiar with them. Uh, I don't know, Greg, if you can tell me what these... I don't know if there's a specific character. They're they're like, uh, just like... I'm like, not sure what those are. Though. Yeah, they, they kind of like remember like Sentinels. Like they're huge and they're yeah. mech operated. They're and, not manhunters. That's us thinking they would have been when you turned the page, but it wasn't. <laughs> right. No, that, that's, this is the last panel of the page. And actually the, in the little corner, uh, Mr. Sage goes, where did those things come from? Further, uh, you know, this has got to be satisfying for Miss Amanda Waller who, you know, who knew like something like this would happen. Uh, but now they, they have to battle their way out against these other machines. Uh, really good book. Like I said, there's a lot of action into it. We'll get into the review artwork. It was uh, I was actually very impressed with the artwork for this. It was it was realistic through and through. And actually, this is probably my favorite art rendition of Black Manta that I have seen. I've seen quite a few, but Black Manta looks really cool in here. I'm going to give the artwork a 10. Uh, action. Decent amount, decent amount. There was there was really cool spots, especially once they got into that government building. Um, could have used more, maybe. They, it kept fleshing back. They're trying to tell a story. I understand it. Um, I'm going to give the action a seven. Uh, story, story is the story is simplest. I mean, it's rather simple. I'm sure later issues is going to go a little bit deeper, but just the new guys in charge of the Suicide Squad. And, you know, I'm not 100% certain why they're they're going into this Russian government building. Um, obviously, there's, you know, something something that has to be done, some kind of security threat to the United States. Um, that's why they're doing it. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of a cool dynamic, having Amanda Waller off to the side, not in charge. It's the first time I've personally seen this happen. Um, but she's, like, kind of just a helper, not... Not doesn't have a say really in anything. I'm gonna give the story a. I'm gonna give the story a seven. Dialogue, some cool exchanges between Sage and and, and Waller, but um, that was about it. That was about it. It was it was kind of limited. I'm gonna give that a seven. And rereadability, I'm gonna give a six. Uh, it wasn't a terrible issue by any means. I, I I really enjoyed it, but it was definitely not. It didn't live up to the first one that I read. It was not quite there. So 37 out of 50 for that book. All right. Bonus book. I'm not going to read it. No, go ahead. But I don't have it pulled up. But Suicide Squad crossed with Banana Splits is amazing. <laughs> it's really, you get the plot? I don't even remember. I just remember they get like Banana Splits are on their way to a show and their car breaks down and they get picked up as like metahumans. And then they get teamed up with, like, Killer Croc, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and somebody else. Um, and they join the, the Suicide Squad. And there's, like, the, the classic walkout scene where, like, banana splits are just covered in guns and one of them falls. And it's it's a really good book. It was from the Hanna-Barbera crossovers. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I almost – I should have brought it and you reviewed it. But it's, it's fantastic. That's would, really cool. Especially now that Banana Splits has a horror movie being released on sci-fi. I don't know if you saw that. No. It's, uh, Banana Splits like killing people and it, everyone's childhood is gone and it's really creepy. What? <laughs> it's like the ki- this kid goes to the, the show and 
banana splits find out they're actually being canceled and like while they're there like the banana splits are hunting down all the people trying to cancel their show and killing them <laughs> oh my yeah it's weird the trailer caught me off guard <laughs> like real bad that's it might have ruined my childhood yeah it would it messed me up when i watched the trailer <laughs> All right, very good. Is there any news, uh, comic book news? Do you know? I don't think there's been anything really talked about movie-wise. Uh, I know Dark Phoenix is bombing at the theaters. It's, it hasn't really yep. made its budget, so it's kind of be on its way out most likely, um, which is a shame because I honestly liked it. And you know what? I uh, Here, I made a list yesterday, and we can probably discuss this. I posted it to my personal Facebook page, and I actually made a list of all the Fox movies in order to how I liked them. And maybe uh, maybe we can use this as a talking point. Um, okay. So we'll start off. There, there's been 17 movies uh, out of the 20th Century Fox Marvel superhero branch. Uh, several of them co-produced, but I'm going to read off my list. Uh, 17 is the 2015 Fantastic Four movie. Probably the worst one. Oh yeah, it's really bad. Fair enough. Sixteen was it was co-produced, but the Electra movie. Oh god, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> Fifteen, I chose X Men Apocalypse. Fourteen, X Men Origins Wolverine. Thirteen, X Men Last Stand. Twelve, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, also co-produced. Um, Eleven, I have Daredevil, co-produced. Uh, Fantastic Four 2005 co-produced. And everything, I mean, everything from 10 to 17 is pretty much a crapshoot. Like, there was, actually, I didn't hate the original Fantastic Four. You said this is strictly, like, Fox and Marvel, or something? The Fox's Marvel properties, yeah, okay. uh, that they've put out. Was uh, Ghost Rider? No, he was Sony. He was Sony. He was okay. Sony, yep. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I get that mixed up sometimes. <laughs> I know, damn movie rights. Uh, nine, The Wolverine. Eight, X-Men First Class. Seven, I have Dark Phoenix. I actually really, I didn't hate it at all. I've seen it twice. Um, I've just seen it with my family. For it no? no? Get the fire stick, bro. I mean, go pay for it. <laughs> uh, six, X2, X-Men United. Five, Deadpool 2. Four, the first X-Men. Three, Deadpool. Uh, two, X-Men Days of Future Past. And number one, Logan. That's my, that's kind of my Fair rankings. Enough. I haven't seen Logan yet. Uh, yeah, we talked about this. And yeah, we did. Cloudy, Cloudy yelled at me as well. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Logan yet. I actually probably would have put First Class higher on the list. Okay. Um, I really liked Days of Future Past. I think I liked First Class more. Really? Because it wasn't the Wolverine show. That's fair. And I can agree with that. It, it gave me like a different flavor of X-Men I'd been waiting for. Like I love Hugh Jackman. Don't get me wrong. But I wanted, like, there's more to X-Men than Wolverine. Yeah, and that's Days been always been my philosophy, yeah. so I, I I completely understand that. I mean, the original comic really didn't have anything to do with Wolverine, did it? No. It was Bishop. Uh, I think Bishop was the primary yeah, character. He, he was, I, I forget, I was looking at it, because we're going to talk about it uh, in a different episode. Um, or we already talked about it in a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was looking at it, and he was a, either a 19th or he was a 20th century introduction. So he wasn't part of the first crew. Right. Um, you know, you, you think of the classics, it was Angel, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman, and Beast um, was the first first class. Yes. So so you have these other crews, and Wolverine 
just he gained a ton of popularity in the 90s i believe like that was where a majority of his yeah. wolverine came in or wolverine his popularity maybe a little bit in the late 80s um but he was originally supposed to be the the, the badger the weasel or something was his original <laughs> name um cuz he was going to represent canada he was going to be ca- you know captain canada yeah all that he but then they introduced him in Dexman and they were like okay he's pretty cool but nah. um, yeah, I, I'm. That's why I'm interested to see where these other things go. I think we're gonna end up with like, especially after Dark Phoenix. If New Mutants does anything, it's gonna be like Hulu or Netflix now. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we'll see. I'm okay with, but um, I, I think is it. Was there any news? Nothing really. No, I no. I, I I can't think so. Oh, uh, Endgame being re-released. Endgame being re-released. They're adding, I think, eight minutes of extra footage. I think it's supposed to be post-credit stuff. I think. I want more. I do too. Like, see, a lot of people complain that there was too much in there. Um, too much in Endgame. But I feel like. But like, I want more. There's more than eight minutes of extra footage out there. I, wa- I think I want a longer final battle scene. I want to see more of the characters kind of get their time to shine. It's funny to me that people are like, Endgame was three hours long. That's too much. But there's... I loved it, though. There's the Lord of the Rings, which are like, what, like four, four and a half hours each if you I watch I think with extended. bonus footage, yes, with extra extra footage. And there. there's people who will sit and watch all three in one weekend. Like, yes. And it's like, I think it's like 12 and a half hours to watch yeah. all three of them, um, which I totally would do. I've... Watched the extended versions of all of them, but I don't remember that them that well. Right. Um, but yeah, like I, I would watch a four-hour Endgame. Why not? I would. I would too. I would too. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to add. Look at one of my one of my complaints to the final battle was that a lot of the major characters who I mean, yes, they did get their time to shine in Infinity War. They just seen the Hulk never got time to shine. Ever. No, not in this last movie. Not in not Infinity War, really, either. No, he didn't. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he had some cool moment, but, like, from a fighting perspective, there was some other stuff I wanted to see. Yeah. So, I'm actually excited at the idea of an extended one. I wonder what the footage is. I'm very curious as to what... the setup for something else. You would think. You know, like, you would... It's got to be. For, for a post-credit scene, like, what are they going to... Well, because there's a lot they cut out. Like, so, the, originally, there was going to be a scene after Tony snapped... Where he saw Morgan as an adult in the soul world, like how Thanos saw Gamora, and she just told him that everything was going to be okay. But they cut that out because they thought it would be too confusing. Right. Um, so there was that that they originally were filming. Um, I think there was a couple other things, too, that they just cut out, like some post-credit stuff. I just saw a fan theory recently that, like, the reason Steve didn't talk about who I he seen is that. with is because he actually just danced with Peggy and then went and, like, spent li- his life with Black Widow. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. But I also hate Scarlett Johansson, so that's, <laughs> it's me. I know. I probably, like, lose us a fan every time I say that. You might. But you whatever. might. I know Amy was my wife. She was like, oh, my God, why did they kill off Black Widow in that movie? And I'm just like, because it, well, I mean, I know you, you cheered. Yep. But, <laughs> but you know what? It had a, I think it had a bigger reaction. She's like, why didn't they just kill off Hawkeye? And be like, because then they would have just wasted Hawkeye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hawkeye doesn't didn't get a whole lot of love throughout the series anyways. Let him live. Let him make it to the well, final battle. And he battle. has something to live for, like his family. Yeah. His family comes back and he's dead. Like, eh. Yeah. I I think um, 
Black Widow dying, and I'm looking at the poster that's making me think of this, and Iron Man dying opened up for the first, like, the first lady and the first man of of Marvel, in my opinion, the family. Like, yeah. The Fantastic Four. Like, I think Invisible Woman and, and Reed Richards taking the stage. And take those like, mantles, yep. Yeah, like, the... The man, like the male and female leads of these, these movies. Like, yeah, but that's just because I don't see. I, yeah, I, I mean, I know they're gonna try and push Captain Marvel, but I don't know if, I don't know if, if she, she just doesn't have the reception for it. It's not. Yeah, the reception isn't all that well. Um, think a little. I mean, is she too powerful? Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Was She's, Thor too powerful for you though? Too. Yeah, but they found ways to weaken Thor and humanize him and 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 break him down. Where like Captain Marvel, I I don't feel like they'll do that. They, I mean, I I would imagine they have to do that in one of the movies, right? Yeah. You would think they would attempt that, but so far from what we've seen, it's been just super popular. That's why I think her screen time was down mm-hmm. so yeah, much in Endgame because you know she was the big promotional piece. They had her facing off against Thanos, and then. You'll, you see the first the Captain Marvel movie, and you're like, she would destroy him. She and that would... was the other thing. So they said there was a ton of Captain Marvel f- footage they shot, but depending on the placement, the, no, depending on um, the reception of Captain Marvel, played in how much she would actually be in Endgame. That's right. That's right. So I feel like there's footage of that out there as there, well. I'm sure there was. So they might get some extra stuff. Um, I mean, eight minutes doesn't seem long in hindsight, no. but. If I it's think eight in the movie post credit, like I hope it's just eight minutes of Latveria, personally. But you know, yeah. that's just me. But I'm a, I, I, pl- <laughs> I know, I know. I plan on seeing it. Maybe Greg, you and I, I will, can can yeah. go check it out or something. Um, it'd be pretty cool. But I, I think... feel like there's other stuff. Oh, Spider Man's next week, isn't it? July seventh. So two weeks from now. So the next. So next week we have to do Spider Man. Is going to be some sort of Spider Man episode. Yes. We could do uh, anything we want. Yeah, I kind of um, I have some ideas. We'll figure some stuff out. Okay. You know what? I I've been wanting to read uh Spider-Man 200. I heard it's really emotional. Okay. It's I think him and Green be, Goblin and, ooh, and I love some Green Goblin. So, I think I'm going to do that one. I think it'd be cool to read like a Hydro Man appearance. It'd be cool to read Got to have a Mysterio. A Mysterio appearance. Um So we'll shoot for that. Yeah. So that's next week. So we will have a, a vote. Will be the following week. Yep. Who do you want to do for next our next vote? I know you have. Your I'm going to do uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. And I was thinking about it, and I have like a DC Comics property in my head that's also a ghost. Um, but I'm thinking I also want to go non-mainstream. Just haven't thought of who yet. Yeah, you got time. You got a couple weeks. Um, so look out for that. Um, also, we're doing a giveaway uh, on our Facebook page. All you have to do is rate and rate and or review us on your favorite podcasting apps. I know we're not on all of them, but iTunes, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, uh, CastBox for Android phones, and some other ones. You know, just giving us a reaction, telling us how you really feel about the podcast. It, you know, it, it, it's good to butter us up a little bit every now and then because... Yeah. You'd be surprised how much creative thought goes into these these episodes, but butter up, butter us up uh, on on those. Screenshot it, send to us, send it to us via our Facebook page, uh, via our Instagram page. If you know our our 
personally on our personal Facebook pages. Send it to us through that. And we're going to have a drawing. I forgot when the drawing date was. I want to say July 19th. But we're going to draw the winner from that. So if you screenshot us, send it to us, you know, your review of our podcast, the panel discussion, mm-hmm. you'll be entered to win. And you win a, uh, was it, is it 9.2 or 9.4? 9.4. graded Infinity Gauntlet number one comic book. So I think that's a pretty cool prize just to, just to kiss is. our ass a little bit. <laughs> it is a pretty cool prize. So, but that does it for us. Um... Oh, one more thing. Why the hell not? We're uh, we're a little bit more, a little bit. We're almost at a month uh, until Western New York PodCon Showcase here in Niagara Falls, New York, uh, twenty one seventy six Liberty Drive in Niagara Falls at the Frontier Volunteer Fire Co. Uh, we'll be there from ten a.m. to six p.m. with live recordings. Uh, we'll have every podcast. All some of the vendors will have tables set up. We're going to have trivia games. We're going to have. Um, seminars, learn how to start a podcast and how to maintain your podcast. So there's a lot going on that day. Make sure you come check it out. It's only $10 to get into the door and you're helping support the BICBP Radio Network, updating our equipment, um, perhaps down the road, uh, you know, setting up, getting our own studio studio. So yeah. th- there's a lot that, you know, it, it, it goes a long way in supporting us through there. And you can go to support all the other different podcasts as well, I know myself. I will be selling uh, f- photography prints that I've done over the years. I'm going to be selling a bunch of stuff. So, and everyone else is going to have some neat, some neat stuff to sell. So, make sure you come by, support the network, support the other podcasts that are not necessarily part of the network, but are friends of our network. Um, but that does it for us. We'll talk to you next week for a Spider-Man centric episode right here on the panel discussion.